This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including Latin 101, Learning a Classic Language. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Adam White, adjunct fellow at the Manhattan Institute, a Washington lawyer and frequent contributor to the Weekly Standard. Adam, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Good to be back. My goal for this entire conversation is not to call you Adam Smith a single time, even though he resonates so much with us. Resonating as well, the the arguments, if I understand this as a layperson who barely even watches Matlock, much less understands the law, the people arguing that the law is a problem say the law says the exchanges shall be run by the state, and the people defending it say it doesn't matter what the law says, it just won't work that way, so it can't be the law. Therefore, ignore what's on the paper and let us have our Obamacare. Is that pretty much the story? Well, that's that's not a that's not an unfair way to put it. Uh, the Affordable Care Act says that the administration can subsidize uh, health insurance purchased on exchanges that are quote established by the state. Uh, the administration uh, quickly realized a couple of years ago that states weren't going to set up enough of these exchanges, and so they reinterpreted the statute to say exchanges established by the state or by the federal government when the state decides not to establish an exchange. Uh, and that's what yesterday's case was about. You know, it's so interesting to me. We have this. Some of us have an ideal, uh, idealistic vision of the courts. You know, where we think of people sitting there, setting aside the clamor of the outside world and simply looking at the law and the uh, and the words on the page. That is not even close to true, is it, Adam? Well, I th- I think if your listeners, if our listeners listened, uh, spent a few a few days in law school, they'd realize that. Even outside of the of the clamor, uh, lawyers can spend lawyers who spend enough time on these issues can find all sorts of nonsense and statutes and regulations. But no, you're basically right. I mean, as, as other people have pointed out, if this were any other case, a case about some mundane area of law, everybody would look at what the law says and they'd realize it, it means what it says and it says what it means and that's the end of it. This has really only become complicated because it happens to pertain to this particular regulatory program. And I, when I hear people on the Supreme Court making jokes about the fact that this White House can't go back to this Congress to get the law that they want, as though that means, so, so of course we can't rule on the laws it's written. We have to find some other ruling. That's that's just depressing. I mean, what what a sad This democracy thing isn't working out. It's up to us judges to give you the law that we want you to have, regardless of the elections that you peon Americans, you know, have in your spare time. Yeah, it was a little bit a uh, little bit uh, disconcerting to see the Solicitor General joke about that yesterday. But I've got to say, in recent interviews, Justice Ginsburg herself has made that point, uh, which which is even more disconcerting. Yeah. So do I mean. Are we seeing the abandonment of even the premise of you know legal objectivity? Uh, is the Supreme Court now completely and utterly politicized? I mean, look, people can argue it's been political from the beginning, from you know Marbury versus Madison. Did I get that right? Uh, you know, you have the FDR trying to stack the court. 
But I don't I mean, it, it seems a lot more overt. Am I wrong, Adam? Well, first, let's see how the court decides the case, because oral argument is a notoriously bad indicator of, uh, of how the opinion is ultimately right. And, you know, there really wasn't a golden era in which there were no justices politicizing the court. But you're right, this is a, a uniquely politicized case, I think, um, and it's led to some uniquely uh, politicized arguments, uh, not just by the government, but also uh, by those who filed amicus briefs in support of the government. Uh, my wife was uh, bemoaning last night as we were watching the news coverage. How can you know something as big as our healthcare system come down to five unelected people? And I said, "Baby, baby, it's one unelected person, and his name is Anthony Kennedy." Some way to run a, a, a democratic republic. But Adam, uh, based on the oral arguments and based on previous writings and decisions, et cetera, by uh, Anthony Kennedy, where do you think we are? Well. I hate to I, I hate to wager either way on on any single judge, let alone Justice Kennedy, who's who's uh, always a bit of a wild card. Uh, but let me just say this: as the initial uh, commentary started to come out online yesterday morning during oral argument, there was a lot of cons- there was a lot of either concern on the on 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 the conservative side or crowing on the liberal side that Justice Kennedy was talking a lot about federalism, specifically uh, the impacts uh, that that some states would feel if their subsidies were taken away. And the initial reaction seemed to be that Justice Kennedy was leaning towards siding with the administration uh, in order to avoid those impacts on the states. Uh, I wasn't at the oral argument, I've got to say. I only got a chance to read the transcript afterwards. But when you read uh, Kennedy's full thoughts right there in black and white, uh, I think it paints a much more uh, nuanced picture. Maybe Kennedy is thinking about interpreting away uh, the problems that he sees, or the alternative, and I sketched this out on the Weekly Standards blog last night, the alternative might be that he's, he's going to rule uh, in favor of the challengers and say that the, text, uh, the statutory text says what it says, that the subsidies only go to the states. And to the extent that there really is a federalism problem that the administration's proponents say there is, uh, let them make that argument in a constitutional challenge to the statute. Uh, and that's not a likely outcome that the people who want the statute to uh, be interpreted as broadly as possible are going to go challenge their own Obamacare law, is it? No, I, I, I kind of wish we could take a put, put a lot of these folks on the record right now and ask them, you know, okay, you made the federalism argument, and we're just curious if the court does uh, affirm the challenge, uh, strike down the administration regulation, and say that the subsidies really do only go to states that establish their own exchanges, do you think at that point that this constitutional problem still exists? And I suspect they'd all uh, sit down pretty quickly and stop talking about federalism. One last question for you. Uh, the Where does this process of the twice now politicizing this uh, the Obamacare law through the courts with a ridiculously political ruling the first time and now the the fight, even no matter how they rule, Adam, I kind of think that the damage has been done to the reputation of the court, that the court people in the court exist simply to defend the Obama administration, period, no matter what it takes. D- does Can the court recover from this? Some people have talked about how John Roberts has been trying to depoliticize the court. Is there any way, or are we just in a new era and America just needs to get used to it, that when you nominate a president, you're nominating Supreme Court justices, and you better keep that in mind when you cast that ballot? Well, there's a couple of things. First, the court has had... Uh uniquely strong favorability ratings for a long time. 
And uh, even when the court screws up in, in one case, even screws up in a very political way in one case, they manage to keep their, their credibility. And so I'm not sure how, even, even if, if the, the court ruled in a, in a very political way in this case, I'm not sure how it would really affect their, their, um, their, their standing with the public. And I will say that in the last uh, 20 years, largely through the work of Justice Scalia and Thomas, the court, by and large, has moved towards a more legalistic uh, analysis of the laws. And so whatever does happen in this case, I don't think we should let go of the gains that proponents of the rule of law have made in, in recent years. But I will say this sort of case highlights as much as anything the need, uh, the reality that, that judges and appointing good judges does need to be a core commitment, a uh, core political commitment of those of us who believe in the rule of law. It shows how things can go horribly wrong when when bad judges are uh, are appointed. And like I said, I wouldn't write off this case yet. I would still, if I had to bet right now which way the case is going to go, I would bet that there are at least five votes to, uh, to, to strike down this IRS, uh, this, this administration interpretation, so-called interpretation of the Affordable Care Act, and to affirm the basic obvious point that the statute says what it means and means what it says. Uh, when you say established by a state, you don't mean established by the state or the Department of Health and Human Services acting uh, instead of a state that didn't want to establish an exchange. Adam White with the Manhattan Institute and D.C. Attorney, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.